Cape Christian Church online. I hope you are well. I hope you feel the excitement that I feel that you are with us, the love coming from me. I hope you feel that. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad that you made us a part of your weekend. And it's been a few weeks, so I'm glad to be back here personally with you. Now, I'm going to say a couple things that may sound obvious, but I think there may be things we don't consider that much. First of all, I don't know if you've thought about it much or considered it, but life is actually a cycle. Life is one big cycle. And let me, I want to be visual. I want to show you what I mean. What do I mean by this? Well, life kind of has this trend to it. And I'm going to talk about, there's kind of five cycles to life. First, you're born. Then we grow. Then we kind of mature. Then we age. Then we die. So if I were to mark these on this life cycle curve we're going to use, I would say down here is, is where we're born. And then, then as we continue to grow and we get older and we do a little bit of life, we grow. So that's going to be right here. And then I don't know what age. Some people could be 25, 40, 50, but we mature. And this is where we love to live. This is our goal. We all love this mature. And you guys can put in the chat where you think this happens. You mature. But then what happens is we start to age or decline. I'm going to use the word decline, age, however. And then all the way down here, we die. Now, this is a little bit simplistic, but this is actually true for every single one of us. We're born, we grow. This might be questionable for some of you, some of us. This happens, but we're all born, we're all going to grow, we're all going to die. This is the life cycle. And what's also true about us as humans is life is also true within organizations as well. I'm a little pumped up about this because we just had the GLS, so I'm in that mode as well. And so organizations, churches, nonprofits, businesses, maybe even families, you could probably break this down to the smallest, the smallest level, have this cycle. There's the birth, there's the, 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 the crying and the, the, the pain and the unknown and all the things and everything's hard. Then there's the growing, there's maturity, then there's the decline, then there's the death. And so I want to talk a little bit about both. I want to talk about our churches and organization, but I want to talk about our lives in this as well. And, and what I think is, is actually more possible for a church or an organization than it is uh, maybe an actual chronological life is what happens when you start moving down here, you start declining. Well, organizationally or from a leadership standpoint, what we try to do is it's, it's called the S curve or bend the curve or the dip. We're going to call it a dip. When there's a dip, I want to talk about leading and living and managing the dip. And when the dip happens, what you hope is as you come down, you're able to bring back some new life, some new momentum, some new growth. And right in here, we have the dip. You can type dip into your camera. You can type dip into your phone or whatever your device, your, your computer. The dip. And I think a lot of us would, would say we're, we're experiencing a dip right now. And so I want to talk about this as it relates to, to both Cape Christian as a church, but you as well, because some, you're somewhere on this line. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're here, but you think you're here. Maybe you should ask somebody. I don't know. Ask your mama, your sibling. 
But what happens when this dip happens? What, what do we do when life is happening in here? And I think we can all admit and acknowledge that this is kind of how it feels. Well, I want to just give you a, a, a little bit of a history, and, and this should be a reminder for some of us who've been around, but, but almost 35 years ago, Cape Christian was birthed from a God-sized vision. We were here 35 years ago, 35 almost, this Easter. And the idea was that we were going to be a church for the city, in fact, for the area. And it was focused on reaching people who maybe didn't have a church home or a community who didn't already know Jesus. And from day one, this has been what we have been about. Our mission is reaching people who don't know Jesus. And even though there's been different leadership changes, there's been times of transition, we've never really wavered from the heartbeat of God, which we see in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. That is that God's will is that none should perish. I love that we have a Father in heaven whose will is that nobody doesn't know him, that his will is that none should perish. And so Quick little history re lesson for our organizations. We were born and we were in a school for many years. These are the early days. Three couples. We had the Troyers and the Hostetlers, and we had uh, we had Pastor Dennis and Linda. And so the, the Troyers were amazing people because they're from Nebraska, of course. And then Tony Nadas, we named a cafe after. And Dennis and Linda are still here. And so our heritage runs deep. And so these were the good old days. And and from this early years, it was about reaching people whose lives were broken, who needed something. They didn't know what they needed. But what they needed was Jesus. Within the first year, actually, at the, at the one-year celebration, the, the very second Easter we had, it, which we launched on Easter, so one year later, in comes a couple named Terry and John. Terry and John, their life was headed in a not great direction. Their marriage looked like it was all but over. In fact, Terry had had kind of this list of, I'm ready to get rid of John. It's not working. I've done all the things. I've checked all the boxes. But before I leave John and we just call it what it is, I need to meet with a pastor. And so it was at that second Easter service, just one year into our church, that Terry says, hey, Dennis, will you meet? And she goes over to Dennis and Linda's, and they got to introduce Jesus to her, and, and they got to pray for her, and they got to minister with her and, and John and begin to put the pieces back together. And God began to heal and restore and show his love to Terry and John John was gone a lot driving trucks, and Terry was trying to figure this out. And Jesus came in and completely did what he did. He revolutionized, he transformed their lives to where Terry and John became a staple in Cape Christian. Terry went on to get her, her counseling uh, certificate and help other people. And, and what used to be their pain, what used to be their brokenness, now they use that story to help give the same hope that they once were looking for to other couples. Why? Because we are all about reaching people with the love of Jesus. And from day one and from year one, we've also resisted the urge to settle. Um, we've, we've, we've resisted the urge to, to play it safe. We, we have taken risks from day one. And so we've, uh, I mean, from everything from starting a contemporary service in the 1980s to the, the property that we sit on, and, and some of you maybe haven't even been here, but we sit on uh, what used to be 48 individual residential properties that we had to purchase over 10 years in a part of the city that was not even yet developed. Let's see a picture of this. There was nothing out here. This is what our property used to look like to building a park for the whole city to enjoy. This is, this is the vision. It was, it was, we've taken big risks and we don't settle. And we know that God is always in the business of doing more. And this became a worship center. Go ahead and go to the next picture. Now we have this beautiful worship center. There was just one building on this beautiful area that we had and hundreds, we'd grown over to, to a few hundred people. And, and it was soon into this time frame, about 12 years ago, there was a family, Michael and Sean. In fact, our church had done an outreach at the Holiday Festival of Lights that we do here in Cape Coral, and, and our worship band was playing 
And their little son, Sean and Michael's little son, saw the music and he was dancing and he was jumping and, and they were just blown away that a church band, a church worship team was doing this and, and that their son was enjoying it and they had kind of been dinged by a little bit of religion and they thought, man, we would try a church where our son could be engaged and he came and they came one weekend and through worship, just experienced God, experienced his presence and, and God has absolutely moved in their life and, 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 and has used them. They, they've matured. They've been healed. They've grown immensely. And, and many, both of them in the business sector now take the love of Jesus into uh, the business sector. Michael's a high up at, at a bank. Uh, they serve here at the church. But Jesus, his whole plan was to rescue them from religion and, 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 and use them not just to be a part of this church, but to be a light in the community in this building like 12 years ago. So as we move from birth to growth, we're seeing individuals who were born again, the Bible says, where they're introduced to Jesus and they begin to grow. As our church grows, our individual grows, and as our individuals are growing, our churches are growing. And as we, uh, as we talked about extensively in February before the pandemic hit, you notice the shirt, we launched our For Everyone campaign and it was to expand our capacity once again with big faith, with roots of prayer and, and love and grace because we want to continue to reach more people. We have a capacity problem. We were running five services, and, and Pastor Cindy always says that heaven doesn't have a capacity problem, but we did. And we want to continue to be this church for everyone. Why for everyone? Because Jesus was for everyone. And the number one is significant. It's, 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 a, it's a big deal here because we want everybody to have a one, one person you're praying for, one person you're trying to lead to Jesus in a personal relationship. If there's a scripture that kind of captures the heart of, of and the approach of our ministry, it's actually Acts chapter 15, verses 19. It's after Jesus had rose from the dead and went to heaven. He said, hey, tell the world about me. And they were, and people were coming to Jesus. But then they were heaping all this extra religious stuff on them, like you got to get circumcised and all these other things. And they had this big meeting. And, and this is what Paul and Barnabas, the apostles at the time, this was kind of their ruling. This is what their approach was in verse 19 of Acts 15. It says, it's my judgment, therefore, we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. What we found in almost 35 years of ministry is that many of us have had a harder time getting to God than we intended because we were introduced to a religion or a Jesus plus gospel. Like, yes, Jesus loves you, but there's extra things you got to do. You also have to do this. You have to do this and make sure. And, and it, it became oppressive. And, and, and the apostles like, no, 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 no. Like grace. Well, yeah, but what, grace is too good to be true. What else? No, grace. Love. We're going to let we're going to love people the way Jesus asked us to. We're going to let the Holy Spirit speak we're going to ask him, and we're going to allow him to do it, what he does. And so as an organization, we had our growth. We would birth, and as a church, we continued to mature, and we saw hundreds come, and then we saw thousands come, and a couple thousand. And, and, and as reported when we did our, our, our launch for everyone about eight months ago, in the year 2019 alone, we had almost 3,600 first-time visitors, an average of 300 a month. We averaged over 3,000 people in weekly attendance. Uh, we actually were getting close to 4,000 right before the pandemic hit in a, in, a, in a worship center that only seats less than 650 people. We've had over 600 people come through growth track and join the team and grow and mature. We've added so many small group leaders in the last three years. And, and now we, this is what we find ourselves with as, as, a, as a church. We find ourselves with a campus, with a park and a kid's building, and we got a, a house for counseling, and this is a... He, 
Chiquita Boulevard 2110 has become a healing place where families can have healing and fun. And, and we got counseling, we got prayer, and we have this beautiful campus. And some of you, you might be new. You maybe even never set foot in here. This was our reality every week, five, four or five times a weekend before a pandemic hit is seats full, five services. Why? Because we understand the heart of God that it is his will that none should perish. It was about seven years ago that another family lady named Nancy discovered Jesus through Cape Christian. She had grown up a devout Catholic and, and, and a rule follower, and, but always had a sense that maybe there was something more. And, and after there was some uh, family member that was lost, she was just looking for something else. And she'd heard about the ministry at Cape Christian in a place that was safe to come explore. And she told me the story recently about how she came and during the worship, she just wept and she felt God move in her heart. She felt like this is what I've always been looking for. And this wasn't just a church. It was the love of God, a relationship where there wasn't all the extra stuff to get to God, but that he wanted a relationship with her and he loved her. And, and now her and her kids and her husband are here and they're involved and God is, is doing amazing things in and through them. And they are light in the world because of what Jesus has done in their life. And so we're here to revisit that conversation about expanding our capacity Here's what I love about God. God's never done. Go ahead, type it in. God's never done. God's never done. He's never done with you. Wherever you are at, maybe you just started following Jesus. Maybe you're in discovery mode. Maybe you're growing. Maybe you're maturing. Maybe you're getting bored and apathetic. Guess what? God is never done. Here's how I know, because Jesus said so in John chapter 5. In John 5, this is what Jesus said. He says, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. One of the greatest miracles of this whole story to me is that Jesus invites us on the path to be a part of his ministry, to be a part of his kingdom. He's saying, I want to save your soul. I want you to understand the depth of my love and the relationship I have for you. And then I also want you to be a part of somebody else's story. You get to be a part of somebody else discovering the love and the grace and the transformational power of Jesus. And so I stand here as the fourth lead pastor in 35 years and you can't see it, but Pastor Dennis is sitting right here, the founder, the author, the pioneer, the padre. And even though I'm the fourth one, the mission has never changed, and the wording has changed, but the heart has never changed, and he's nodding his head in, in approval. And here has been our mission, and this is our mission, and this is something everybody should know. we got to memorize it. What is Cape Christian? What are they like? What are we about? How do we? This is who we are. Why do we exist? To introduce, I don't got to look. We exist to introduce people to Jesus to introduce you to a relationship with a loving God and help them discover who God made them to be. It's not just about a raising hand in a prayer, but there is a, a transformation, a molding into his image that God wants to do that is a lifelong journey that he invites us into. And so every week you have an opportunity to meet Jesus, but hopefully you're challenged to grow into who he made you to be. And so uh, about when I got here, we, we spent a bunch of days and time carving out what's our code, what's the language, how do, we, how do we define who we are? And so we have what we call here the code. They're in the lobby, if you've ever been on our campus. They're on our website. Uh, but but we, have, we have a series actually called the Blueprint Series that we did in the fall of 2018 where we took four weeks and broke it down. You can definitely go check that out if you're newer. If you're like, what's this church about? Go watch our Blueprint Series. But I wanted to give you four of them, four that really, really matter because it's important to this conversation. If you're like, man, I found you online. I think this could be my church. Church, what are you about? These are really important to know. Number one, and again, these are just four of them. We have 12. This is the, the only, they're not in order except for the first one, is that we are all about Jesus. 
We are all about Jesus, and we say it this way, that our personal relationship with Jesus is the most important thing. We don't exist for a service for you to come sing, clap, and tell us how good we are. We aren't a come and see church. It's not a religious duty. We, we believe that Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you, and I believe there's somebody watching right now that, that God has been knocking on the door of your heart, and you've just been You've been leaning your ear, you're kind of discovering, or you're just not sure. And I believe that God has paused. I'm, this isn't even in my notes. Pause, because I believe there's somebody who I'm, I'm just a part of the story where he's saying, hey, I'm real. I'm, I want in your life. I don't want it to be about religion. I don't want it to be about just a belief system. I want a relationship with you. And, and, and I'll tell you that if you would open your heart to Jesus, he could heal your marriage. He could transform your life like the Johnsons or like Terry or like Nancy. He could set your life on a whole nother path. Because we're all about Jesus. He wants a personal relationship with you. And however good you think he is, he's better than you thought. However good you thought God was, he's even better. So we're all about Jesus. It informs everything we do. Another thing that's important to know about who we are is we believe everyone matters. This is super important to us. When I read the story of Jesus in the gospel, people that didn't matter to anybody else mattered to Jesus. The outsiders, the down and out, the left out, those who had been maimed or hurt or the outcasts of society, the high in society, Jesus included everyone. And, and so for us, this makes some, if you have a little bit of religion in you, it makes us uncomfortable because we do this. We actually accept people where they are. Do you ever notice that sometimes where people are isn't very great? It's not very clean. It's not very awesome. I know I've been in places that weren't great, weren't clean, weren't awesome. And I'm so glad that God still accepted me. So we accept people where they are. We, ex we accept them how they are. And then we encourage them to grow into who God has created them to be. We want people to know this is a safe place to come discover and, 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 and explore your faith in a relationship with God. Everybody matters. Black, yes. White, yes. Male, yes. Female, yes. Young, yes. Old, yes. Ex-convict, yes. Saint, yes. Sinner, yes. Everybody matters and everybody's welcome. It's because it's why we're for everyone. And so we're welcome. And we welcome people who look different and sound different and act different and have a different upbringing because they, according to my Bible, are made in God's image the same as I am. The third one that's really important. Again, this will help you inform if you want to go with us. We will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Jesus. It doesn't say we're willing to sin. It says we'll do anything short of it. And we say it this way, to reach people that no one is reaching, we're going to have to do things that no one is doing. I feel that this is on display historically as well as, as recently, regularly, everything from building a park and, and letting it be something that the city has on our campus to, to spending money and energy and resources to do trunk or treats and holiday festival of lights and, and, and feeding our first responders and our nurses every single weekend and, and, and week during the, the pandemic. We are constantly being creative. I mean, even just preaching and building boxing rings and coming down from the ceiling. Why? We want the gospel to make sense to people, and we're willing to do anything we have to to reach people that don't know Jesus. And this other last one for today is super important, too. It's so important that we are spiritual contributors, contributors, not just spiritual consumers. Why? Because this is how you grow right here. You grow when you start to contribute in the kingdom, not just consumers. We live in a consumeristic society that says, have what you want as easy as you want. Come and let it be about you. And while that may be good for, for capitalism or consumerism, that's not how it works in the kingdom. And it's beautiful and it helps you actually grow. There's a part of you that's, that's maybe dormant. If you're not a part of contributing to somewhere else in your community or somebody else's journey, it's not just about us. Yes, Jesus loves you, and he came for you, and he's all about you. 
Yet it's almost unexplainable that the more depth you get in that, you can't help but be a part of that with somebody else. And so we say this, that the church does not merely exist for us, but we are the church and we exist for the world. This is why we shut our, our doors once a, month, uh, once a year and we go serve our city because we'd rather send a message to be the church than to come have a church service. And so we're all about Jesus. We believe everyone matters. We do anything short of sin to reach people that don't know Jesus. And we're contributors, not consumers. We had a great plan. We were moving forward. God was moving. We were growing. And then the world changed. Have you noticed the world's changed in the last eight months? In March, everything changed. And it's not just America. It's global. We've never seen anything like it, at least in a century. So we were going to launch this campaign, and we were going to build this building. We still are. But the whole world got put on pause. And so we as a church have as leaders and as, as dads and moms and husbands and wives, we've just been asking, where are we? And, and it feels like our whole world did this, doesn't it? Our whole world took a dip. Uh, to be honest, I'd like to think the best days are ahead of us as a church, but we could make a case that we were living here pretty good. We were, it was going well, you know, to grow that much in a few years. But now the world has dipped and numbers have dipped and jobs have been lost and, and suicide rates are up and divorce rates are up and stress and tension is at an all-time high. Counselors are, are overbooked. Why? Because it seems like the world is taking a dip. But you know what's the best news? This has not occurred to Jesus. He doesn't not know what to do. He knows what's coming. And so for us as individuals and us as a church, we want to make sure that we bend this curve, that in this dip, we find what is God doing and there's a great story in the Bible. I won't get into it, but, but David, who was a mighty warrior, had a lot of success, and the Bible contributes his success to this group of, 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 of warriors, and I want you to notice what it says about them. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, it says, and these were his key, it says, from the sons of Issachar, the men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. We've been praying this often, and not that I can predict the future, but, but we see what's happening. We see the world around us, and here's what I can tell you. This dip won't be forever, and there are some things that are dying in this dip. There's some aging in this dip, but I also think there's some things being reborn in this dip. I was talking, I've talked to several people that have restored family time and hope, and they've gotten some things back that were lost, and so maybe there's some things dying, and maybe there's some things being reborn in this. But here's, let me tell you, we live in Southwest Florida, if you're online, we're going to continue to be online, so we're global. Some of you are all over the world. Shout out from wherever you're at. But here in Southwest Florida, let me tell you what's happening now, and let me tell you what's happening in the future by, by all the projections, even in the midst of a pandemic. Baby boomers are retiring at a record rate. In fact, all projections say that in the next 10 years, 80 million baby boomers are going to retire. Why does that matter? Because the most conservative, the most conservative projections say that 20% will move to Florida. And when you move to Florida, we all know you go south of Orlando. So that means in the next 10 years, 16 million more people are coming to this wonderful state. They gotta go somewhere. Cape Coral right now is the second fastest growing town in America. In the last 12 months, we've passed Tallahassee and Fort Lauderdale. In our size and scope, I believe we're the seventh or eighth largest town that no one's heard of in Cape Coral. And so here we are in a pandemic and we're dipping, but things are going to rise and, and things are going to change. And we want to be able to make sure that we still can be the church for Terry and Sean and Nancy. And we want to make sure that we are still able to introduce people to Jesus. And we have children's ministry and the park is up kept. And, and, and I don't know if you've, if you've ever been on our campus, but when you do, when you walk in, there's a bunch of clothespins that are, are on the wall. And every one of them has a name on it. And those are our ones that we're praying for and we're believing are going to come to Jesus. And, and the reality is if every single one of those clothespins showed up, we wouldn't even have room for them. And so it was for that reason 
that we spent all of January and February with our For Everyone campaign. We had 17 vision nights. Hundreds of people came. We had a sermon series called For Everyone, and we cast vision for a new building. We want to expand our campus, phase one, and have multiple uh, campuses, phase two, and we want to expand our capacity. We felt like the time was now. Well, because of the pandemic, obviously, we had to push pause on just the timeline, just the timeline. And so now, as, as the election is upon us, as, as things in the pandemic are kind of coming out of that, and, and we sense that God is, and we're still seeing God move, and we're still seeing God, people come to Jesus through the ministry of our church online and in person, we want to restart that conversation. We cast a vision for a 15 million pie-in-the-sky building, and we need, to, we need 1,300 seats, and we need to expand our kids' campus, and, and, and we needed to take an offering and get pledges. And right when we would have celebrated that, everything shut down, and so I'm here to kind of celebrate that. Because we're doing a campaign, and it's called the Compassion First campaign, where the first 10% that comes in, we're going to use to minister to other people. But we need to double our capacity. We need to double the capacity of the preschool and the kids' ministry room and a 1,200-seat sanctuary. And so since this has happened, we have went back to the drawing board, but we're still having the same plan. We are going to add 12 or 1,300 more seats. We're going to double the size of the kids' The building, but I want to just celebrate. I want to let you know what happened in that because we sent out videos and emails, but I haven't really gotten to talk to you. Um, first of all, I, I want to sell. I want. I want to talk about what came in. We had 350 different families pledge to say, "I'm in for the future. I want to invest into somebody else coming to know Jesus. I want to invest into this." We took the largest uh, single offering ever of. $548,000 for our first fruits to get us kicked off. We had over three, uh, almost $3.5 million pledge, and that was with several people that had committed to giving that, that just said, hey, we don't know what we're going to be able to do yet. We're just not ready. But then the pandemic hit, and it kind of pushed pause on everything. But these, this is a celebration of Jesus, these pledges, this offering, and why? Not so we can toot our own horn or be about us, but because we want to continue to reach people who don't know Jesus. This is so unbelievably exciting, and many of you, several hundred of you, have been giving faithfully every week to that, and I want to say thank you. Some of you started giving and had to stop. We understand. Some never gave or never got the opportunity. I said this before, but one of the most exciting things about For Everyone is that it's what we called a uh, compassion first, meaning rather than just be about ourselves, the first 10% that came in, we were going to give and invest into kingdom work somewhere else. And some of you you may not even know this, but your church, your investment, your prayers has still been building the kingdom around the world. Just since the, 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 the first fruits offering in, in March, can I tell you what we do? Over $222,000 has been given to vision and, and to missions that have gone out through our Compassion First. We've done so many things. We did the Extreme Makeover series where we were able to renovate somebody's house there was so much beauty about that. That whole series is online. Jan, amazing. Jan is a part of our community. She comes here every week now because uh, we're her friends. And we were able to, to, to be a part of the healing that God is doing in somebody's life. Um, every Friday, we turn the cafe into an essential workers hub. And so we would take pizza and we would take donuts and take them to police officers and nurses and doctors and sheriff and city leaders because we wanted to continue to be the church. It was unbelievable. Something that maybe you're not even aware of, I think it was the month of April, we paid off a million dollars of medical debt that had been turned into creditors all throughout Lee County, Cape Coral, North Fort Myers, Pine Island. We paid off $1 million of medical debt for those who were struggling during the pandemic. That is like unbelievable we're celebrating. Yeah. We took some of our money and we wanted to plant a church. So we were part of a, a church plant that started recently in California as well as somewhere else. We planted a church in Cuba. 
uh, a church plant that is, is one of our missions partners. We also sowed uh, $20, $25,000 into our city church, which is a church partner startup of ours in Southern California. Pastor Chris was just here a few weeks ago. And most recently, we just uh, invested in and funded three wells to be dug in small communities in India um, through o Oasis missions. And, and the best part about this is how this works is they dig a well and then we plant a church and the church is the one that owns the well to provide the water for a city so kids and women don't have to walk miles to the next clear, nearest clean water. So not only are we providing clean water, but we're enabling a church to be the light where the water comes through the church and the light of God, as well as we've funded our missions partners. All of this, by the way, happened during our pandemic because of your giving, your faithfulness, and your giving towards God's vision. Because for us, it's not about us. It's about others. It's why. So people can be introduced to Jesus and grow into who God made them to be. Um, our online, we were able to take some of that and, and go ahead and pre-purchase some of the, the tech that we needed for our online. And, and our team was amazing. And we pivoted and we shifted. And, and so just from July to October, these stats are unbelievable. These are accurate, trackable stats. We've had 11,500 viewers. We've had over 100 prayer sessions and 119 people have said yes to Jesus just through our online. And if that's you, welcome to the family. We are so glad that you are, are with us and we are praying for you every single week. But because the world shut down and because we couldn't have people on our campus in our building doesn't mean the ministry stopped. Why? Because my father is always at work and we too are working. And so we want to continue to be a place for Nancy and Terry and John and Michael and Sean and so many others. In fact, in the middle of all this, something remarkable happened just 10 days ago right here on our campus. Something terrible happened in our community. A young man, Christopher, gave, gave up on his life. He took his own life. It was a tragedy. So sad. One of the nicest kids. We didn't really know him. We didn't really know Chris, or we didn't have a connection to him. But, but one of his friends went to our youth ministry, and so she came to Pastor Joseph. This happened last Wednesday and said, hey, can we do something for Chris? And, and, and Joseph, these were his words. Yes, we will pray for him. We will say a prayer for him and the people involved. Well, if you know anything about youth culture, word travels fast, and we will pray for him turned into, hey, my church is going to do a memorial service. They weren't ready for a memorial service. They didn't plan a memorial service. They were planning on a normal youth night. And, and a lot of things happened I don't have time to go into, but essentially, this girl came back a couple hours as the youth is about ready, and, and the team had been ready for in case some people, extra people show up. And she came back to Pastor Joseph. She said, Pastor Joseph, thank you for doing this. They're all here for you, for him. And we had over 300, almost 350 kids show up that night. And for whatever reason, God trusted us to take care of kids in our community who were hurting and who were broken and parents and family members. And so we kind of had a youth service, but they did like a memorial service. And Joseph, God was just with him and the team. They were amazing, just loving and taking care of students, helped give perspective from a kingdom perspective and talked about the love of, a, of, of a, a, arms of a loving God. And then they kind of had a youth night, but over 100 people went into the cafe and they just ministered to them. Why? Because 35 years later, it's still a safe place to explore your faith, to take care of people because we're still a church for the city where the hopeless can come and the broken can come and experience the love of Jesus. And by the grace of God, he uses us to do it. We are living in here, and yet God is still moving. It makes me think of a story, and, and this is who we are, and this is why we exist. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus is talking about what God's like. 
And he tells this a few stories, but packed in here, and in Luke chapter 15, verse 4, he says this, suppose one of you have a hundred sheep and loses one of them. This would have been common language for the people in Jesus' day. He says, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the sheep until he finds it? And then when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home and then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my sheep. And then Jesus goes on to say, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents or turns to Jesus than over 99 righteous religious people who do not need to repent. Why are we about the one? Because Jesus is about the one. And most of us, if we would be humble enough to remember, at one point we were the one. Jesus tells the story and what would happen in those days is sheep, they would wander off. And so the shepherd would leave the 99 and he would go get the one. He would go into the unknown and go over rocks and caverns and sometimes lions and bears and trees. And his job was to find that sheep. And when he would find that sheep, he would take that sheep and put him on his shoulders and carry him home. Do you remember when Jesus carried you home? Maybe somebody prayed with you. Somebody invited you. This is why, this is what we're about. Not Cape Christian, church Christians. This is what we're about. That Jesus is still saying, I got a bunch of lost sheep. Will somebody go? get them and put them on their shoulders. Who can I trust to bring the broken kids in the community tonight? Who's going to notice the couple that's coming in and they look broken and say, can I pray with you? Will you sit with me? Who's going to join the online prayer team to say, I will sacrifice my time on the weekend to pray with those who are broken and hurting. Jesus invites us on his journey, on the path. In fact, in Matthew chapter 28, This was his last command after he'd risen from the grave and he's about to send the disciples out. Here is what we are about. He says this, now therefore go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do I tell you those two stories together? Because Jesus showed us the heart of God of somebody who wants to go and get the sheep and carry them. And he says, all of heaven rejoices. And so if you're one of the 119, know that heaven and your family here rejoice. But there's more lost sheep. There's more people moving and there's more people hurting. We're seeing crazy things happen in this pandemic. And Jesus is saying, hey, go, go be a shepherd. Go be about the one. Introduce people to Jesus. Invite them to church. Pray with them. Tell them that there's a hope that you have. Put them on your shoulder. Carry them if you must. And so here we are, eight months after our For Everyone launch, no celebration service, the pandemic, and I just want you to know that we're still doing it. We're, we've still been doing it the whole time. In fact, the ironic thing, I just met with a bunch of pastors is like, how did everything stop, but we worked harder? Why? Because the Father is still up to business, and what is he up to? He's going and leaving the 99 to find the one, and so you might be listening to this. I just want to just pause right here, and if you're the one, and you are lost, you don't know, you're broken, you, you're like, I don't even know what's going on. You need to know that there's a loving God that would run and chase after you and put you on his shoulders and bring you home. And if you want to start that relationship, that journey that we talked about at the beginning, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that this is for you, you'll be saved and then he will take you on this journey of what it means to be his and follow him. You can do that now. You can click on the banner. Our team will pray with you. Others of you, maybe you've already said yes. And so uh, two invitations. I want to try to be really clear about this as we close. Number one, Are you actively pursuing a one? Are you going after the one? 
Is there somebody you're reaching out to, you're praying for daily, you're inviting to church, you're saying, hey, can I tell you what Jesus is doing? Are you just, are, are, is there somebody that, that you, will you invite somebody on this faith journey? Some of you, by the way, if you say yes to Jesus, so in like 10 minutes, you can turn around and invite somebody else on your journey. You don't have to be all grown up. That's the beauty, beauty of this. Wherever you're at on this, there's always gonna be somebody further down that's saying, bring me with you. And Jesus invites you and he says, go, be a part of my mission. Yeah, but pastor, I'm broken. I don't have all the answers. Yeah, most of us don't either. But here's the third part. We, want, we are going to be rebooting, pushing unpause on our campaign. We are still planning. We've met with developers. We, we strategize, but I'll tell you this. We're still planning on a 12 to 1300 worship center. We're still planning on doubling our capacity for our kids' ministry. And we want you to be a part of it. Some of you have been giving faithfully every week, and I want to just say thank you. We're, we're set up to continue to move forward. Some of you started giving and had to stop. I understand. Some of you, you, you were waiting to see and then the pandemic hit. I get that. Some of you never even knew about it or some of you just, you weren't in a place to. I want to reinvite you to join us on our For Everyone campaign. Would you be about reaching those and would, and, and would you financially invest into the future? Many of us here, we've, we're standing on the shoulders and we've, we've, received, we've received because somebody went before us and now it's our turn. And so on the, the app, there's a digital card. It's at the very top of our app. If you haven't downloaded it, you go there and you can do for everyone. And there's a pledge card. And we would love to invite you to three years. The question is, will you give, will you give faithfully over the next three years? And I'll be honest, I've, I've gotten to know the history of this church. We've been here. We've been here. We've, we've had our dips before. We've come out of them. We've had our dips. We've come out of them. God's not done yet. And I believe that he wants to use you and I have learned in my life that sometimes it takes faith in me being invested in what God's doing, and I almost always get more in return, not even necessarily financially, but what he does in my life. So will you join us on that? So response, to be really clear, what am I asking? Three things. There's three ways you can respond to this. First of all, if you've never received Jesus, just join us. Welcome home. We'd love for you to be a part of the kingdom. Click that banner. Say yes. You can receive Jesus. Number two, give. Will you join us in the For Everyone campaign over the next three years? Look at what can we do over the next three years. And, and if you want to know more about it, we did a whole series, The Vision Nights Online. You can get all that on our app. And the third one is go. Will you go get a one? Will you go after, will you ask God, God, give me your heart for the lost and the broken so that I can start putting people on my shoulders and bringing them home? God, I thank you for every person watching. I thank you for every voice or every ear listening. God, I pray that you would speak clearly, God, that, that, that we as a church, even though the, the, the future may be a tiny bit uncertain to, to us, we know that you hold the future and we are committed to continuing to be about what you are about. God, I thank you for the stages of growth you've given us, birth and growth and maturity. And God, and throughout this dip in our life, God, we believe the best is yet to come and we believe we are moving through the dip. And so would you help us to know our part in it? God, would we, would we be led by faith and not fear? And God, we thank you that you not only want to move through us, but you want to move in us. So we open ourselves to that. In Jesus' name, amen.